This is Showdown Joe, and you're listening to Vibe 105. This is Vibe Talks, exclusively on Vibe 105. Hey everybody, this is Giancarlo Alino reporting for Vibe 105 with a sports Vibe Talk segment where we're going to be talking all things MMA today. To help me out, I'm happy to be joined by my guest. He is uh, one who is familiar with one of the promotions I'm going to be talking about here in Ryzen. He is an uh, English voice. He is Showdown Joe Ferraro. How you doing, Joe? Good, my man. What's going on? doing great and joe uh talked to you a few months back about you know cross promotion and this idea of uh other promotions getting involved with ryzen and all of a sudden a couple weeks go by and the big news comes out ryzen and bellator teaming up here uh they're gonna be going head to head on new year's eve so uh when you heard the news that ryzen and bellator were gonna do like a best on best situation uh what came to mind there well, I just, I mean, from a broadcasting perspective, I was smiling ear to ear. Uh, obviously, I get to call these fights and they just get better as the night goes on. The matchups are fantastic. Uh, and, and I love the fact that, you know, cross promotion is difficult if you're the promoter. Uh, it's very, very risky because you want your guy or, or woman to win. So it is very, very risky. But, you know, without risk, sometimes you got to take great risks to have great rewards. So either way, it doesn't, from a Japanese perspective, in my opinion, it doesn't matter for them whether their fighters win or lose. They want their fighters to win. But as long as they put on, you know, warrior-like performances, samurai performances, they'll be smiling ear to ear. As long as they go in there and they fight and, and, and everyone competing on the card will put on that type of performance, in my opinion. So definitely looking forward to it. It did catch me a bit by surprise, but I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I can't wait to call these fights for sure. And New Year's Eve has been a day in Japan, like Pride used to have those events on New Year's Eve, Shockwave, and it seems to be something that the Japanese market, it's a big deal because they load up the cards and now Ryzen and Bellator are uh, cross-promoting on this night. So what is it about New Year's Eve as a target night in Japan? The best way that it was explained to me way, way, way back when, going back to the Pride Grand Prix days, from a North American perspective, if you can look at it as in this way here. So you have the Super Bowl here, right? In January or February. As we know, people not only look forward to the game, but they look forward to the commercials. Why? It's the highest rated programming in North America. Okay. Or at the very least Canada and the US. Okay. That's when advertisers and sponsors and, and, and marketers spend their top dollar. You got to put your commercial on during the Super Bowl. That's the highest rated show throughout the year. Every year, that's how it is. In Japan, that's New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve is when the vast majority of people are tuning into their television. So you want to be able to put on the biggest event, biggest programming, biggest type of entertainment on New Year's Eve when you're in the land of the rising sun. So that's pretty much the basics why in the Japanese promotion, MMA promotional scene, they always stack up those cards on New Year's Eve. Whenever they have a Grand Prix, starts earlier in the year, sometimes in April, and they work their way to the finale of any Grand Prix or big event on New Year's Eve. So that's why every New Year's Eve, it's an absolute spectacle to watch anything, any Japanese MMA in general. And this is no different here. The Bellator versus Rising card, of course, the, the, the culmination of the Grand Prix. So it's, it's just, it's a card stack top to bottom. So uh, th that's the main reason why New Year's Eve in Japan is so crazy when it comes to MMA. And this card, like you mentioned, there is stacked. Like you got champions competing against champions there, uh, Patricio Pitbull and Clever Koike. So we'll start with that one because a lot of fans, they know Pitbull in the North American sense. Like they see some of his fights. Maybe he doesn't get the respect he deserves in terms of pound for pound. But what can you say about the Ryzen featherweight champion? Well, Clever Koike, very, very, very simple. 
If he gets Pitbull to the ground, it could be game over very quickly. That crew, the Clever's crew, uh, with, with another fighter we'll be talking about in a moment, that whole crew, when they get you down to the ground, it is literally start the stopwatch, right? Or, or a countdown. Because when they grab an arm and or a triangle or whatever it may be, it is generally over very, very quickly. Okay. And you could even say that if there's 30 seconds left in a round, they'll figure it out. That's how good they are. So when it comes to Clever Koike, if he gets Patricio Pitbull down to the ground, it's not going to be pretty for Pitbull, who's got tons of ground skills. Don't get me wrong. He's just, he's great on the ground, but Clever Koike is something special. Okay. That, that guy there, when he gets a hold of you and he's not afraid to stand and bang, he may not, you know, people might criticize his standing, his, his striking style, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's going to engage until you decide it's going to go to the ground. And if he does, it's over. It's it's over pretty, pretty quickly, right? Now, that's not to say that, you know, a fight's a fight and Pimple doesn't ground and pound him. You know, there's going to be soccer kicks allowed uh, and whatnot. But I'm telling you right now, if you're tuning into that main event and you see that fight go to the ground, take a deep breath because it, it could be over real quick. And yeah, you mentioned soccer kicks there, and I just want to give our audience a better idea. Like these fights are going to be contested under rise and rules. So if they see a soccer kick being thrown, like that's legal. Is there like just some of the other rules that fans might not be uh, familiar with that they should know about when watching these fights? No, it's more or less ring versus cage, right? You're in a ring this time here, so it's a little bit different. Um, sometimes if, if, a, if a cut happens in Japan, the, they, the, the referee will stop the fight very, very quickly. That stop the fight, halt the fight. Have a doctor look at the cut because, you know, they're, they're, it's not that they're not big fans of blood in Japan. They're, they're not. But, you know, they're, they're for the safety of the fighter. They're looking for the safety of the fighter. So if you see a cut, be very be cognizant that that fight could end right there, then and there, if the doctor says that's it. There's, there's no more uh, competing going on. That's not to say, Giancarlo and everyone tuning in, that I haven't seen some pretty bad gashes where the doctor is like, no, it's, it's, it's just, it's good. It's not on the bone or whatever it might be. And they let the fight continue. But yeah, soccer kicks to the head on a, a downed opponent, knees to the head are completely legal. So that's certain things that North American fight or fight fans might be like, oh my God, what's going on here? Or it's too brutal. Well, it's not really. It's, it's, it, it is what it is. As long as it's not coming and compressing the spine or, or the neck down into the spine, that's a different story. But yeah, so guys that are trying to take opponents down to the ground need to be very, very wary. There's a soccer kick or a knee to the head coming very, very quickly. Oh, wow. Yeah, that should be uh, something that fans should look forward to. And we got AJ McKee, former Bellator featherweight champ, and he's had one fight at lightweight, but he's going to be taking on the rising lightweight champion here and Roberto D'Souza. Like when this matchmaking was going on, were you surprised that they put AJ McKee against the lightweight champion? No, not at all. I think I think it's a it's a solid matchup. It's a good test for uh, Satoshi Sosa. It's not going to be an easy fight for him. And AJ McKee brings it right. The only down, downside that I can see for AJ McKee is if his if his ego gets in the way of his fighting, right? Because if he goes in there and fights like AJ McKee fights, he should emerge victorious. But Sosa, like I said, his game has gone through the roof as well. And like the main event is his his teammate, like Clever Koike. If if Satoshi Sosa gets you on the ground, there's a triangle or an armbar coming very, very quickly. So AJ better keep his limbs in check if that fight goes down to the ground. And we all know that he has no problem uh, taking people down to the ground and doesn't mind standing and banging. So that that's a great style versus style matchup. Uh, it's again, old school type of matchup. Definitely looking forward to calling that one there. And you know, in my opinion, if it stays standing, the edge is going to go to AJ. If it goes to the ground right away, I'm going with the Sosa. Like I, it's, it's just, it's just too good, man. He's unbelievable. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. I think that's a co-main event and main event, really interesting fights. And as you get now to the undercard of things, this is where it gets interesting because Juan Archuleta, former Bantamweight champ there in Bellator and uh, Su Chul Kim, these two guys battling for position here, it seems. And Archuleta's pretty confident guy. So like, how do you expect uh, Su Chul Kim to deal with them? Well, it's sometimes you break down fights in the in the, the strangest of ways and strangest of forms, right? So Archuleta having to go to Japan to compete, uh, will he be able to handle the time zone change and how does the body react to that? Okay, been, I'm sure he's, I think he's been there before, probably used to it, but the body has to perform, not just stay awake and go for lunch and dinners and breakfasts and just hang out. You need to perform at the highest level. Suchil Kim does have to travel, but not very far. Right, it's right there, neighboring countries. Right, just just a quick flight. Yeah, you're in Japan. So the longer the flight goes, I'm going to kind of give the edge to Kim. If it's going to end quickly, stand and bang, knockout, I'll go with Archuleta. And this one is kind of like a Bellator and Ryzen mixture here because Kiroji Uraguchi is uh, for both organizations, but he's a fighter that for a long time, I think, fell under the radar, it seems, in pound-for-pound rankings. He was successful in the UFC, successful Bellator, and obviously in Ryzen as a double champ. So what are you expecting out of him? And what would you tell fans who aren't familiar with Horiguchi? Well, if you don't know who Horiguchi is, you haven't been around for a while, right? Like Yoshi Horiguchi has been around for a very long time, you know, 30 wins, five defeats, some of the most exciting fights ever in mixed martial arts. The, the guy is, is something special, an incredible type of karate style. His entry into strikes is unbelievable. He's so explosive. He's so fast. At times, leaves his chin exposed, right? And that's been his his nemesis or, or his downfall in a couple of his fights, last couple of fights. But he just, he's electrifying. He's going to set that Japanese crowd on their feet. It's going to be incredible. And he's taking on a guy that... You know, who's wanted rematch after rematch after rematch with Horiguchi. But uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, this is, this is a win-win for Japan. Kind of no matter who wins this fight, it's going to be a Japanese fighter. That At its core, that, that's a win-win for Japan. So we'll get to his opponent in a second. But Horiguchi is one of the most underrated and explosive fighters uh, in the history of the game. So I'm a huge fan. And every time I call his fights, I'm on the edge of my seat, you know, probably yelling and screaming whenever there's a finish. So yeah, it's, it's always fun to call. Yeah, and his opponent there, uh, he brought up there, uh, Hiromosa Uchikubo. What is his style, I guess, that do you think it translates well to the North American audience? Or do you think they're in for a surprise here when they see him go up against Uchikubo? If you're a, a Greco-Roman or a freestyle wrestling fan, Ogikubo's your guy, right? He, he's just, a, he's basically... You know, sprawl and brawl, get you down to the ground, control you, and pound away a victory. He is your prototypical wet blanket. Once he gets on top of you, it's difficult to get out, and he'll just sit there. And, and if he has to ride out a decision, I think he's the king of decisions uh, when it comes to rising. But it's just that not that he can't finish people. He just controls them and beats them down into the ground. Spada Horiguchi in the past, I believe twice. So they know each other very, very well. And this time around, he's just looking for that, you know, that rubber match that allows him to emerge victorious uh, and prove to the Japanese fans, to the Ryzen promoters and to everyone that's a hardcore MMA fan that he is an elite fighter in this game. And, and, that, and that's the one victory he's been trying to get over his whole career is just a win over Horiguchi. So it's, he's coming in there. I'm sure he'll be stressed. I'm sure there'll be anxiety, but he knows what's at stake here. He's fighting on New Year's Eve. It's, it's what every Japanese fighter dreams about. Uh, Horiguchi back at the Saitama Super Arena, knows he's going to set that place on fire. That's going to be an amazing scrap, to say the least. 
I agree. And we also have uh, the fifth matchup that was added up here. Kind of caught people surprised. Like, I think a lot of people are holding out hope that maybe Fedor would have been included in this against, like, let's say an Anderson Silva if he signed a one fight deal. But they went with Rabadanoff there versus Koji Takada. What did you maybe make of this fight when it was announced? And did you think they would have went with a heavier weight class for this card? Uh, I'm sure there were talks about bringing in Fedor and some big names, even Anderson Silva and, and others in general, but there's only so much you can do, right? So did the fighter price himself out? Did the promotion realize that, you know what, it's not worth it? Who knows? But it's still going to be an exciting fight. It's going to be a bomb fest. It's going to be an absolute leather swinging extravaganza. This is one of those fights that so many people are keeping under the radar or potentially putting under the radar because of the other fights above them on the card. When in reality, it's these types of fights that are the most exciting. So this is another one of those fights that I'm sure I'll be calling and sitting there with Damian Brown, uh, my color commentator, and just realizing, yeah, these are the fights that people sleep on and it wakes them up when they actually compete. It's going to set that tone there for the event. And for those just joining us here on Vibe 105, we're being joined by Showdown Joe Ferraro, English voice there of Ryzen. And uh, Joe, I just want to reflect here on the past because you worked here, you got your start. MMA Connected was a big show that a lot of people like myself watched and got the news on the UFC at the time. But during that time, you were with GSP and you got to see his rise in the sport. What are some of your memories of uh, seeing our Canadian legend there in George St. Pierre? Well, I mean, I, I, I was, it's arguably the most blessed portion of my career in my life, right? Like, I, I, I got to call, you know, George's first four fights. Uh, I was in the dressing room before he made his MMA debut, right? Like, I got to see this kid that no one ever heard of, the nerves, the anxiety, going in there, stepping into the ring and, and putting on an amazing performance. And then I was able to continue to, you know, our, our, our two careers were extremely parallel with one another, right? It's like we rode in the same vehicle. Right. He's his ascension to the UFC, my ascension in the broadcasting ranks, uh, him getting to become a pay-per-view star, me getting on a, a nationally syndicated television with Sportsnet, MMA connected to UFC connected to UFC Central. We were the first show. You know, every time he would get a big win, I'd get a big win. Right. He doing it in the octagon. I'm doing it outside the octagon. Right. Like, you know, he'd become a world champion in the cage. And I'm the only show where we were the only show on the planet allowed to have the UFC letters. Right. So it just grew and grew and grew and grew from there. You know, until we just we culminated uh, at the Rogers Center together, you know, 55,000 seats. And it, it was just, you know, I got to see it's translated well in my other um, endeavors in life. But being able to see someone no one had ever heard of turn into one of the biggest pay-per-view draws of all time, biggest pay-per-view stars, you know, in the UFC, you know, Conor McGregor side, of course, you had Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz and all the other guys, but in watching him grow the way he did, it was like I was taking notes on what an elite athlete has to do in any sport, in any endeavor, how to, how to promote yourself, how to market yourself, how to handle yourself, how to deal with stresses, how to deal with ups and downs in your career. And I took that with to, to myself and how do I handle those ups and downs? Now that I'm in the soccer world, how do I deal with these young athletes that one day might become superstars, one day might become you know a, a starter for a professional soccer team or their national team or a team overseas? So I, I kind of lend and give that advice to, to parents I give that advice to fighters. I give it to athletes, right? You know, some, sometimes it goes in one year or the other. That's not on me. Obviously, Giancarlo, as you know, I'm, I'm always available and, and offer what I've seen and, and what I believe can be a successful um, path for anybody, whether they choose to take it, it's them. But it's 
And, and knowing George St. Pierre the way I do and been blessed and lucky to be, we've, we traveled the world together, like from Japan, you know, Canada, the States, you name it, whatever city we were in, you know, it was always one text away. Where are we going for dinner? What are we doing here? What's happening for breakfast? That kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously being, being friends, the, the inside jokes are, are nonstop. Sometimes I used to tell them like, dude, we, we can't talk about that or do that in front of other people because it's, they have no idea what we're laughing about or what we're talking about. Right. So, and he's just a wonderful human being always is always was. If you caught his social media recently, the dude's still ripped. Like, I mean, he's just out of control. That guy he doesn't stop. Like, I think for us tries to kick him out of the gym. He won't leave the gym. He's just an animal. He's just an absolute specimen of an athlete. Right. So. And also just, you were mentioning his social media, like he's training so much and it always brings people their thought immediately. Will he fight again? And his mindset, he was always against it. Like he said, he hated fighting, but he just liked the training. Do you see a scenario where he would actually maybe entertain an offer to fight again? Well, never say never, right? I Right now I'm going to say no, but n- never say never. I mean, the right opportunity presents itself. It's a good payday. I mean, people don't understand the fight business sometimes. And, and I don't mean the listeners here, and I don't mean yourself, obviously. Um, in general, right? Like one of the ways you make money in the fight game and George would never agree to this, by the way. <laughs> um, one of the easiest ways to make it in the fight game, you see, you know, you, you learn from the boxing world, right? Padded records, right? Guys will take fights or, or girls will take fights versus opponents they know or very close to knowing that they could beat. And how do you maximize that payday, right? So if George is offered a big fight um, versus someone that he feels he could beat. Problem is he feels he can beat anybody. Big, big money fight, like big, big money fight. I don't see him turning it down. I might be the first person to call him and say, turn it down. He's not going to listen to me, right? He's gonna, George is going to do what George does, right? So never say never, but personally, he's getting up there in age. Just He doesn't need to fight, right? He's, he's, he's banked all his money. He's done very, very well for himself. He's got other business endeavors uh, that he's working on. Um, he gets marketing. He understood it. Um, he saw the power that that we had together with Sportsnet. You know, he was the, the, the athlete of the year, two years running, if I'm not mistaken. He just knew how to get his name out there and, and the smartness, right? So he's, he's, he knows what he's doing, but Giancarlo, I don't think he should be fighting again. Just dude, relax, man. Just go to Monte Carlo. Like, go do something. Don't just go act. Don't, you don't have to fight for what? You're, you're one of the greatest of all time. Stop. I agree, but you never know. Well, never say never, and yeah. maybe the right offer will come along. But uh, Joe, before we wrap up here, uh, it is a season here, uh, Christmas time, holiday season. A lot of people are reflecting on maybe what kind of movies they watch this time of year. So, if you were to turn on your TV and come across a few, what are some that you're glued to the TV if it comes on? There's only one. I mean, there's only one for me. A, I don't watch much television. Number one, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not a, the only reason why there's, you know, for example, Netflix or Amazon Prime in this house or any cable or whatever is for my family. I don't watch television, believe it or not, other than MMA, which is, you know, I've got sometimes I got to study before I get on, I go live in the air. It is, and you know me well enough, Giancarlo, it is soccer 24 uh, seven in my house. That's the only thing. And I subscribe to various um, um, platforms that allow me and my son to watch soccer 24 um, seven. I spend more time watching coaching videos and soccer coaching videos than, you know, I, I won't say that the, the words, but then what most you know people do with other endeavors on their, on their computer or phone, right? It's all I watch. It's all I watch. It's all I do. But if there's going to be one movie, there's going to be one movie that I watch every single year and still laugh my face off. It's Elf. 
with Will Ferrell. <laughs> I have to watch it. I just think it's hilarious. And I, he's one of my favorite comedians and actors ever. And I still watch that movie and get a kick out of it. I don't know. I think I've watched it, what, 10 times now? I love it. But every year, we have to watch it as a family um, and just get our kicks in. The guy's the best. I love him. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that choice. And Joe, before we let you go here, how can we follow you on social media and stay up to date with everything you're doing? Yeah, by all means. Instagram is Joe A. Ferraro. Facebook, uh, it's obviously that long algorithm. So just search up Joe Ferraro. Look for the bald head with the aviator glasses. No, it's not Pitbull. It's me. Um, that's one. Uh, LinkedIn, obviously, Joe Ferraro. Twitter's Joe A. Ferraro. I actually have a TikTok account now, Joe A. Ferraro. I'm trying to keep up with the uh, the millennials. Uh, just for my mortgage business. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much the, the main social media. I've got a YouTube channel, Giancarlo, but I just, I just post the videos that I post on social media there. So uh, you probably, ladies and gentlemen, you probably won't get much value out of my YouTube, but if you want to see uh, mortgage-related content, that's where to go. But other than that, my social media shows uh, you know the various sides of, of who I am, whether it's Showdown Joe, whether it's Joe Ferraro, the family guy, the father, whether it's Coach Joe on the soccer side. Um, I'm, I, I understand that you, know, you just got to keep things authentic. And I just, I don't, I put stuff out there that hopefully people will consume and enjoy it. They don't like it. They don't like it. If they like it, fantastic. Highly recommend that follow and Joe, I appreciate you sharing your time here and coming on Vibe 105 to talk all things uh, Rise and Bellator. And I wish you all the best. Happy holidays to you and your family and to all the listeners. Enjoy, be safe, be merry. Uh, and we'll look forward to the new year show as well. Thanks a lot. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.